sure enough to. Suppose. What if this thing we use where life already exists? It would destroy such life in favor of this new matrix. This new matrix? Do you have any idea what you're saying? I was not attempting to evaluate its moral implications, Doctor. As a matter of cosmic history, it has always been easier to destroy than to create. Not anymore. Now we can do both at the same time. According to myth, the Earth was created in six days. Now watch out. Here comes Genesis. We'll do it for you in six minutes. Really, Dr. McCoy, you must learn to govern your passions. They will be your undoing. Logic suggests... Logic? My God, the man's talking about logic. We're talking about universal Armageddon. You green-blooded inhuman. You green-blooded inhuman. <laughs> That's right. Welcome. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Guy podcast. And I'm Will, your host. As usual, Will. So, comedy, laughter, Star Trek, and science fiction in general, but specifically Star Trek is chock full of laughter. It's something known to loyal fans, to us Trekkers, but maybe the general public doesn't realize just how funny Star Trek can be. In fact, I always tell my friends that don't like Star Trek, and they are few in number, but I do have several. I say, if you knew just how funny Star Trek is, you might watch it, because we all need a good laugh. And that, of course, was a clip from the Wrath of Khan, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan, and Spock and McCoy. Probably, I'll go out on a limb right now, you ready? Probably the greatest comedic duo in all of Star Trek. Past, present, and future. There, I said it. Followed up, I guess, of course, by Quark and Odo and Tuvok Neelix, and that's what we'll be talking about. Not comedy in general, but specific, focused on the comedy duos. Now, in the future, I've already gotten his yay, his green light, my good friend Adam, a stand-up comedian and a producer on Let's Make a Deal. He will be joining us for a general, you know, Laughter romp, a giggle romp, a chuckle-filled romp, just talking about Star Trek and comedy in general, or sci-fi as well. You know, we can we can talk about it all. But of course, it is nice to boil it down, get it right to where we all live, and that is, of course, Star Trek and comedy. Now, we all know that Mr. Spock, bless his green-blooded soul, bless his little Vulcan heart. He always mixes it up with McCoy. Now, in all fairness, however, we do know that Dr. McCoy kind of asks for it, doesn't he? <laughs> he sort of asks for it all the time. He provokes Spock. He challenges Spock, which makes it great. You know, I mean, so many times we've seen them go at it. And though the, the great Vulcan, the good Vulcan, Spock would not admit it and would deny it, that he's not trying to get back at, at McCoy and good old Bonesy boy for, you know, a petty, a petty sort of revenge. It certainly seems like he's always engaging in payback. He's always engaging in a little, you know, tet for tet. Um, for my money, of course, Star Trek Void Voyage Home, you know, coming from Wrath of Khan when he implants the Katra into McCoy, he says, what is, I think the line is, he's, it's, his, it's his payback, it's his revenge for all the arguments he lost. 
And of course, that's what's great about their humor, right? That's what's great about their clashing and their and the comedy. It's about the arguments. It's about the debates. You know, it's not just one guy trying to kind of dress down another, you know, sort of uh, mock or crack. It's about the debates, the philosophical and, uh, you know, sociological debates. Now, that is the template, right? That is the grand Star Trek sort of dynamic duo, comedy duo template, Spock and McCoy. Now we'll move on to what? The Great Deep Space Nine. You have Odo, played by the great Rene Abagenois, and Quark, the Ferengi, the scheming Ferengi, Armin Shimmerman. Now, these two, as you know, from the very beginning, from the first uh, season, the pilot episode, they were at it. And well before that, of course, with Odo constantly trying to do what? Trying to find out if, you know, his, his crafty Ferengi, would would you know hatch yet another criminal scheme so he could uh, he could nab the ne'er do well and the uh, the criminal, but as we know too, in the end, you know Cork and Odo, they they sort of care for each other in the in in respect that they are opponents, that they are frenemies, and that they'll always be sort of at each other's throats in a in a playful sort of uh, you know. Uh, beneficial almost almost parasitical way symbiotic way they keep on having to you know need each other cork needs to keep hatching the schemes and odo has to be the law abiding you know law law enforcement officer and now we move on to tuvok and neelix now some would say and i could be one of those some i could be definitely someone who says that Tuvok and Neelix is sort of a pale, you know, clone, sort of a copy of Odo and Cork. You've got a sort of stoic, serious-minded law enforcement official, chief of security, sort of a constable, right, as in, in Tuvok, in Mr. Tuvok. And then you have Neelix, who isn't a schemer like Cork, but he's certainly not you know, run-of-the-mill, sort of goody-two-shoes, law-abiding citizen. He's he's someone that is still sort of alien, especially in the beginning. And that's what I love. I mean, a lot of people don't like, um, and this goes as a general thing with first seasons. Oh, the first season is clunky. And it's, it's it's well, it is. It, it's, it's finding their footing, the writers and even the actors, of course. What are we going to do? And what dynamic between these characters are going to, you know, really gel and, and you know, be, be the most entertaining? And if you look at the early Neelix episodes, he still, of course, was with Kess, you know, his beauty, his Ocumpen beauty. And he was, you know, not that he was corkish, corkish or Ferengish and scheming, but we weren't quite sure about, you know, where he came from, his Talaxian roots. And you know, maybe he could have been a schemer. In fact, it would have been interesting to make Neelix more of a schemer. But then I guess he would have, you know, spent a lot of, a lot of his time in the brig. But at least someone who might have more you know, self-interest in mind, not so much of, oh, I was trying to help you, Captain. I'm always trying to help you, Captain Janeway. So, but I mean, they were great. Tim Russ and Ethan Phillips, great actors. And I'm sure they had fun, you know, portraying the, uh, another sort of pair of frenemies, another duo. Now, next gen, of course, I was going to include, and I can honorable mention, you know, Data and Jordy. They're, they're sort of a t- dynamic duo. I wouldn't say, you know, Purely, but you could argue they certainly, you know, 
certainly morphed into that. And of course, on Deep Space Nine, you also have uh, Dr. Bashir and O'Brien. You know, even more friends, maybe, but certainly they had their uh, their clashes and their their comedy. You know, Doctor Bashir, I presume, and all their little adventures in the Hollow Suites. I think those two were more in the Hollow Suites than they were at their posts. <laughs> I, d- I do declare. I do think that's right. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening as always, and again, keep uh, your ears peeled and stay tuned for a pure comedy and en- uh, entry and episode with my buddy Adam. And live long and prosper, and we'll see you soon.